This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The root problem with people today, the root problem in Israel, verse 8, she did not know. It was an ignorance an ignorance of who God is and what God has done and what God does in destroying. He says in Hosea 4.6, Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. That's why people today are destroyed. There's a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge. They don't know who God is as revealed in the Bible, as revealed in the book of Hosea, which shows God's great power, God's power to destroy. Verse 12, verse 12, God said, I will destroy her vines, her fig trees. God's power to punish, God's power to punish. Hosea 4, 9, Hosea 4, 9, there shall be like people, like priests. I will punish them for their ways and reward their doings. God's power to be merciful, to be merciful, Hosea 1.7, Hosea 1.7, I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and save them by the Lord their God. God's power to love, God's power to love, Hosea 14.4, Hosea 14.4, I will hear their backslidings, I will love them freely for mine anger is turned away from him. God's power to save, God's power to save, Hosea 1.7, Hosea 1.7, I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them by the Lord their God. If a person today only knew the book of Hosea, only knew God's power to destroy, God's power to punish, God's power to be merciful, God's power to love, God's power to save, then that person would see that God is to be feared because of his power to destroy. God is to be obeyed because of his power to punish. God is to be clung to because of his power to be merciful. 
God is to be loved because of his power to love. And God is to be trusted because of his power to save. God said that because Israel did not acknowledge that, they did not acknowledge that the gifts that they had were gifts from God, that God said that in verse 9, I will return and take away my corn. Literally, it means, the Hebrew says, I'll take back my corn in the time thereof, my wine in the season thereof, and recover my wool, my flax, given to cover nakedness. God says that he's going to take it back in the season thereof. A sudden loss of corn, maybe a frost, maybe a, a drought, maybe locusts. But God said that he's going to be so sudden that it'll be like he takes the bread right out of their mouths. He pulls the glass right from their lips. And he describes how he felt. And I remember my friend, how he felt when his wife went off with the neighbor. How, how God feels in verse 13. Verse 13, I will visit upon her the days of Balaam, wherein she burned incense to them, and decked herself with her earrings, her jewels, and went after her lovers and forgot me and took her shower and put on her perfume and put on her jewels, God said, and forget me. That's how God felt, heartbroken. And he saw Israel in idolatry like Isaiah watched his wife get very happy as she dressed herself and put on her earrings and jewels to prepare to go out at night to attract her lovers. And if Gomer's lovers didn't come after her, she went after them in verse 13, verse 13. She went after her lovers and it was not that Israel never knew God. Israel had chosen to forget God. In verse 13, she went after her lovers and forgot me, saith the Lord. Hosea 8.14, Hosea 8.14, Israel hath forgotten his maker and buildeth his temple. Judith hath multiplied her fenced cities, but I'll send a fire upon his cities, and it shall devour her palaces thereof. And so Titus came in in 70 AD and burned Jerusalem. And so Nebuchadnezzar came in and burned Jerusalem. Israel forgot that her prosperity came from God. Israel forgot that her safety came from God. Today, there's so much made, and it's an emphasis in Israel on the military force called the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces. Would to God that they renamed the IDF to the GDF, the God Defense Forces. Because Israel left God, judgment came. And it was just another of the old pattern that we've seen so painfully so often in the history of, of Israel, the history of the Jewish people. Judges 2, 13, 14. Judges 2, 13 through 14. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. He delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies round about. They could not longer stand before their enemies. And then it repeated, Judges 4.1, Judges 4.1. The children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. The Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose horse was Sisera, which dwelt in Hasheroth of the Gentiles. And again, in, in Judges 6.1, Judges 6.1, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. Now, with all of Israel's sin, all of their rebellion, God has a response. 
And the response is not what you and I think in verse 14. Verse 14, the response of God is, Therefore, behold, I will allure them and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. God has just gone through, as I've gone through, all those great lengths to describe the horribleness of Israel's sins and rebellions against God. And you would expect that now when we come to verse 14, verse 14 would read, therefore God destroyed Israel. Therefore God divorced Israel. Therefore God cast Israel off forever. But for God to have a therefore that reads in verse 14, therefore behold, I will allure her. That's not at all what we would think. I will allure her and speak comfortably unto her. We would have thought I will destroy her. But that shows, when we think that, that shows the truth of Isaiah 55, 7. Isaiah 55, 7. How true it is. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. He will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. That's why the word behold is in verse 14. It says, therefore, stop, before I go on any further, therefore, behold, therefore, we look at this, therefore, you're not going to believe this. Therefore, get a good look at this. The love of God shines through the gloom of Israel's sin. How's that hymn go? Abide with me. Oh, yeah. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. That's what God's done here. He shined through the gloom and he's pointed Israel to the skies of the love of God. And that's what the love of God does for us. It shines through the gloom of our sins. Psalm 103.10, Psalm 103.10. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. This is the pattern with Israel's history and God's glory. God's grace, God's love, God's mercy, like we're seeing it here, is always seen in the mirror of Israel's history of sin and rebellion. That's how God shows the glory of God. The glory of God's love and mercy is seen in the mirror of Israel's rebellion and sin. What we have here in verse 14, what we've got here in verse 14 is a tremendous meeting. All that's gone before verse 14 and now in verse 14, we have mercy and truth meeting together. We have righteousness and peace kissing each other. We have in verse 14, Psalm 8510, Psalm 8510, mercy and truth, are met together, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. So when it says in verse 14 that God will speak comfortably to Israel, which is the command that God gave to the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah, 
Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. When it says in verse 14 that God will speak comfortably to Israel, literally those words in Hebrew are comfortably as alev. He will speak to their heart. He will speak to Israel's heart. God is saying that he will allure Israel with words. Words that are going to allure Israel. Words that are going to speak to Israel's heart. Words that are going to draw Israel to God. This is the connecting link between the enormity of Israel's sins and rebellion and the greatness of God's love. It's the kind words of God. It's words. This is the connecting link between the enormity of our sins and the greatness of God's love for us. It's the kind words. It's the words of God. And this is the key. This is the key to Israel's restoration. Israel's restoration will come in their response to hearing God's words. Faith comes to Israel when they submit and hear God's words to them. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. Faith, the chapter that's all about Israel, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Strength will come to Israel when they submit and hear God's words. Psalm 119, 28. Psalm 119, 28. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen me according to thy word. And then God said that he's going to give a wonderful gift to Israel in verse 15. In verse 15. And I will give her vineyards from thence and the valley of Achor for a door of hope, Petatikva. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth and in this day when I, she came up out of the land of Egypt. God promised to restore Israel, but Israel's restoration would come from a gift called the Valley of Achor for a door of hope. The Valley of Achor, the Valley of Achor would become a door of hope. Achor means in Hebrew trouble. It means trouble. There's going to be a trouble in the Valley of the Trouble. There has been a trouble in the Valley of Trouble in the past for Israel. Israel was on the brink of entering the promised land and they came to Jericho, Jericho with its massive walls. God told Israel, march around Jericho seven times, seven days, seventh day, sing, shout, wonderful victory. Walls came down. They entered into a valley and sent out a small battalion, small company of men, piece of cake for a small little army that Ai had sent out, and Ai slaughtered them, slaughtered Israel with 31 men that died, killed them, and they ran for their lives, and Israel's heart sunk. How are we ever going to take the land when this tiny little group has put us to flight and word spreads of that, and it was a, they were in a valley, a valley called Achor, a valley of trouble, and Joshua asked God, why, God, why? And God said, sin, sin in the camp. Sin in the camp. And uh, God singled out a man, Achan, by name, and said, that's your man. That's why you can't stand before your enemies. That's why 31 of your men were killed. 
Joshua 7.24, Joshua 7.24, Joshua and all Israel with him took Achen, Achen, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold, he stole it, and his sons and his daughters and his oxen, his asses, his sheep, his tent, and his tent, and all that they had, and they brought him into the valley of Achor, valley of trouble. And Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, burned him with fire until they had stoned him with stones. And they raised him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore, the name of that place would call the Valley of Achor unto this day. And from that trouble, and from that sin, and from that confession, and from that repentance, and from that dealing of the sin by putting it away from them, God opened a door of hope, a door of hope as Joshua went out and God said, don't be afraid now, Joshua. Uh, Joshua 8.1, Joshua 8.1, the Lord said unto Joshua, fear not, now neither be thou dismayed, take all the people of, of war with thee. Arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given unto thy hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And that's what God promised for Israel. And that's what happened. Israel greatly defeated Ai, the king of Ai, because the valley of trouble, the valley of Achor, became a door of hope with confession, with repentance, with forsaking. And this is what God's saying in Hosea 2.14, the valley of Achor for a door of hope, a peta tikva, peta door, tikva hope, a door of hope. That means that through trouble, if Israel repents of their sin and confesses it to God and turns, to, turns from it, there will be a door of hope, a complete restoration, and that's true today. Any person who's going through the valley of trouble in their personal life, God brings that trouble as a result of sin. But if there's a confession, if there's a forsaking of that sin, that person can walk right through the door of hope. In Hebrew, Petatikva, the city today. Beautiful picture in the Psalms of this in Psalm 84, 5, Psalm 84, 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well, the well that fill, also fills the pool, the rain also fills the pools. A man, if he makes God his strength, and the picture of that man is he goes through this valley, this valley is called Baca, Baca means weeping. If he goes through a valley of weeping, and the picture of the man, and he's so thirsty as he's going through the valley of weeping there, and he's crying, and then God sends rain and fills the pools of water there, and the man's able to drink. That's the picture that God gives there. And God's telling Israel in Hosea 2.15, Hosea 2.15, that God is telling him that there's hope in your suffering, there's hope in your sorrow, there's hope in your chastening, in your punishment, because Hebrews 12.11, Hebrews 12.11, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness in them that are exercised thereby. So from the valley of Achor, from the valley of trouble, comes the door of hope, comes this, this grievous chastening in the valley of Achor and the peaceable fruit of righteousness, and that's the hope that comes to God, the peta tikva, the hope, tikva, the hope. Psalm 33, 18, Psalm 33, 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Romans 15, 13, Romans 15, 13. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And when this happens, Israel calls God by a new name. 
a new name. Today, the name that Israel calls God by is a very strange name, very impersonal name, very distant name. They call him, they call his name the name. They just say the name. Hashem means the name. They call him the name. Such a name. But in Hosea 2.16, Hosea 2.16, God said, done with that. Finish with Hashem, he says in Hosea 2.16. It shall be at that day, saith the Lord, thou shalt call me Ishi, means my husband. And thou shalt call me no more Bali. Ishi, my husband. God wins the heart of Israel. He spoke alluring words to them. He spoke to their heart, and he won their heart. And they respond with my husband. And he takes the names out of their mouth, those names of Baal and Queen of Heaven and Ach, all of those names, takes it out. He says in verse 17, verse 17, I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth. They shall no more be remembered by their name. Same with us, same with man. When a person turns to the Lord, the names of the idols are taken out. They're taken out of the mouth. The dearest idol I have known Whate'er that idol be, help me to pluck it from thy throne and worship only thee. And now in verse 19 through 20, God says that he will marry Israel. He will marry Israel with the words that he says three times. I will betroth thee, I will betroth thee. Hosea 2.19, 2.19. I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness, judgment, loving kindness, mercies, I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. He can't say it enough. God can't say it enough. I will marry you. I will marry you. I will marry you. God takes back his divorced wife. The marriage contract is renewed. Israel is not taken back as a shameful wife who committed adultery. She's not taken back as an unfaithful woman not to be trusted. Three times God says, I'll marry you, I'll marry you, I'll marry you. Wear the white dress, God says to her. It's like you're a virgin again. You have an eternal betrothal. He forgets all the infidelities. He forgets all the unfaithfulness and all the things we mentioned. He forgets that and he treats her like a pure, chaste virgin. That's how he does. So then there are the words of love. The chapter ends with the words of love, the words of loyalty, the words of devotion, the words of commitment to each other with the final words of this chapter in Hosea 2.23, I will sow her unto me in the earth and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. I will say to them that were not my people, thou art my people, and they shall say, thou art my God. What a day when Israel looks on not just God, looks on not just Jehovah, looks on Jehovah Jesus, looks on Jesus God as God and says to them, thou art my God. And Jehovah Jesus says to them, thou art my people. That's Israel's restoration. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this beautiful window that you've allowed us to look into this morning of how great thou art in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.